Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began. Or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. For all the history to be found here, there's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world. You're going online with Bill Alexander. Laugh and learn while you listen to a brilliant display of radio. Online, online. with Bill Alexander. Bill Alexander. Good evening, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM, McKeesport, and Mixtape Radio International, live on Monday nights. Tuesdays at noon at Awakens.eu, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on 99.1 FM Radio Rehoboth, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on WMCK.FM, and also on our new radio affiliate, Orca Radio in Owensboro, Kentucky, at orcaradio.coffeecup.com. Fridays at 7 p.m. UK time, steelfm.org. Also, WMCK.FM at 10 p.m. And also, Sundays at 7 a.m. on 107.5 FM, WLDJ Newcastle. And we're picking up, from what I understand, three more affiliates before the end of the month and the beginning of September. It's two AMs, an AM and an FM in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania and an Internet station out of Pittsburgh. But once that happens... We will let you know. Looking forward to that. We're getting bigger and better every day. And I was on vacation last week, made it back. You heard an interview with Ann Vicino on last Monday night. And guess what? Ann is going to be joining me live next Monday evening at 10 p.m. And we're going to talk about her uh, newest cooking adventure with marinara sauce, which should be interesting. But tonight we're going to be talking about the media, the way media is covering what's going on in the world today. And we're going to be talking about everything that's happening. On the phone line right now, we have John Daly. John, how are you? doing this evening hey bill doing great it's great to talk to you again and uh you know strange strange times but you know what's real interesting was that you you were talking about all those radio stations that you're on i think that that has a lot to do with the pandemic they're looking for somebody established and they're trying to get 
content to get into other markets, and that's what they're looking for now. So I, I think you're actually part of a, a part of a trend there. That's uh, because of the coronavirus. At least that's what I'm seeing in in the media. Well, I'm I'm taking it any way I can get it because a lot of things. Since I don't really talk about politics, which everybody else is talking about, we talk about. I mean, we're on the fringe of it this evening. But I talk more entertainment and self-help and stuff like that, that they're looking for a change. And we've actually had Mm -hmm. quite a few people come to us, which is really nice for a change. And I'm just excited that we're growing this quickly because when I started doing this program, um, started back up in 2018, I never thought I'd be on radio station and Internet stations. But like you said, with the pandemic happening, all of a sudden, all these people came to me and said, hey, would you mind mind sharing the program with us and i said hey great because the more i'm out there the more i'm out there but anyway john i i'm glad you can join us this evening and we've talked this is the fourth time since last october that we've talked we talked on march 18th five days after um the country started closing down with the pandemic and COVID 19 we talked on june 3rd and now we're talking on august 10th did you ever think we were going to be where we are today with this whole situation, or did has it gotten worse than what you thought it would be? Um, I, I'm going to say yes and yes. I, I, I think we would have been here, but I think it is also worse. Um, I, I kind of thought once the summer happened, people were just going to break loose and just want to be out there. And my gut is telling me... Um, and and my research and stories that I follow yeah. um, is also telling me that uh, you, the, the you know the fit is about to hit the shan as they call it <laughs> um, because you are going to um, you know people are still on summer vacation right um, they're going to start going back to school and uh, you know a number of doctors that I talk to who are you know who are really good sources. You know, who don't have a political axe to grind. They're just trying to create safety. And they're saying, yeah, you kind of saw things kind of dipping there for a little bit, but it's it's about to come roaring back. And I think I think the fall is going to be going to be absolutely brutal. And I I feel horrible for people like you who are teachers who've got to go back. And, you know, we just we don't have testing. We certainly don't don't have a vaccine. And at the same time, too, most people are kind of like, eh, who cares? You know, they're really not. I don't I don't think the majority of people are, are taking it seriously or they're forgetting about it. So I I, I think things are going to get worse. I think I think I think the end of this year, I mean, we could see some massive chaos economically, socially. Um, I'm, I'm really kind of frightened, to be honest with you. I thought we were going to see chaos at the end of this year because we have an election coming up because I was waiting for an October surprise. But if you think about it, we've had a surprise in March, one in April, one in May, one in June, one in July. Now we're in August. And they're trying to get kids back into schools again. And now you're hearing that the, the increase among younger children is higher than they thought it was. Now there's another strain of the virus that's hitting small children. And you have a president that's standing in front of uh, podiums saying, don't worry about it, everything's going to be okay. Or it's going away, or I'm doing everything we can, and it's and I've done everything that I was supposed to do because he's so worried about his, his image. 
And it's not like he's worried about anybody else. And right now, we're getting into the election cycle for the 2020 presidential election. So it should be very interesting to see what he does. Because I know right now, this week, supposedly sometime, Joe Biden's supposed to pick a VP candidate, um, which hopefully we hear before next week when the Democratic, Democratic convention starts. Well, you would think so, and um, you know I think they have to. But I think he's, you know, unfortunately, he kind of did it the wrong way in that. Uh, and I heard someone saying this the other day, and I thought, you know, you're absolutely right because he said, "No, I'm going to pick a, a woman of color, I'm right? Pick a woman." And it's like, why didn't you say, "I'm going to pick the best candidate," yeah. and then go pick a woman of color, right? And unfortunately, what he's done is that he's actually, I think, hurt whoever the candidate is, and I think. I, to be honest, with you, I think uh, the Trump campaign is ready. Whoever it's going to be, they, they've got the guns out for whoever it's going to be because they've got something on everybody. But the, and um, the thing I think interesting, and I and I'm I'll I'll give you who I'm thinking it is because I I was waiting for Biden to t- contact me and he didn't. But um, <laughs> I've ran for vice president the last three elections and no one picked me up. Um, I can't believe it. Yeah, can you believe? I mean, it's amazing. But I think it's going to be uh, um, Harris. Uh, was it Kamala? Kamala? I cannot say her name. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. I think it's going to be her because I think she's the strongest candidate. And my issue is not that they have anything on her. I can't wait to see the debate between her and Pence. Will they actually debate each other? Any of those female candidates debating against Pence should be very entertaining. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm just not, um, I'm not certain, um, you know, if, if he, if he would have named her, she's going to be my attorney general. I think that would have been better. I think she's, she's got, she has too much. I think she's just got too much baggage. I don't think she's going to be the right one. Um, but I think, I think anybody, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Like for instance, I think Karen Bass has got too much connections to Cuba. Okay. Um, my, my pick was Val Demings. Okay. And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. One, because she's got a police background. Yes. Um, on the other hand, she's got a little bit of a police background that maybe has been a little bit too police and not enough minority. Okay. Um, but the other thing is that she's from Florida. Um, she's somebody in the Congress who, who has been out there. She doesn't come across as a flake or anything like that. Um, and I, I thought she would have been the best one, but I think she's she's been kind of pushed to the wayside. But I think, you know, everything, you know, if you read the media tea leaves, you're probably right. It probably is going to be Kamala Harris. But I think it's going to hurt him. Why? I just don't think that she's um, going to be that strong of a candidate okay. for, for black voters. Okay. Um, and I think at the same time, too, I think there's a lot of people who are kind of like, eh, I don't like the way she treated Joe in the um, you know in the uh, debates um, she's had some questions when she was attorney general in San Francisco as far as you know does she take care of uh, crime right um, so um, I'm just I'm just I'm not seeing her resonating the other thing is is that she's from California he mm-hmm. doesn't need California no he doesn't no he really doesn't. That's why. That's why I, I think it's it's Val Deming. I, I would have chosen Val Deming. Now, again, he's got to work with whoever it is. He's got to have somebody who's going to come on board, who's going to act like a president. Because 
nine times out of ten, you know, when you when you're starting in chaos, your vice president's got to pick up a lot of the slack. You yes. know, whether if if it, let's say he takes Kamala Harris, she's probably going to pay more attention to domestic issues. He'll take care of the foreign issues. Right. If he had someone like a um, um, like Susan Rice, you know, he'd take care of the domestic. He'd and have she- her take care of the foreign issues. Um, so I think it's it's a matter of you know how he feels he's going to work. The other thing is is that you know I don't think it's a shoe in that Biden's going to win. I mean I'm just I'm I'm seeing the Democrats keep doing stupid things and splintering and um, you know causing causing problems. At the same time too, you see this you know the the chaos that's going on in uh, in Chicago. Right. I, I mean it's just. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people who are saying, well, I, you know, I want to I want to vote for a black person. But, you know, and, it, and again, that's a racist thing as well. But um, it's, you know, and then then I also hear if, you know, uh, allegedly a lot of black people are saying if he doesn't choose a woman of color, I'm not voting for him. It's like, OK, but you're going to vote for Trump. Yeah, well, that so they're not going to vote. And I, and what I think is interesting, and, and we said this in the last election again it's it's the election for the democrats to lose because if you wanted everything to line up perfectly to be a perfect storm this is it and if they can't get this one in they're in trouble now they may be in trouble because biden's the candidate which being 77 years old when he takes office is a little bit up there in age but they didn't have any candidate that was going to um excite the base and not to say that joe does but joe is the most moderate candidate that was on that debate stage yep and i think you and i said something um i don't know if it was in june or in march i think it was in june that we met you made the comment that he needed to actually advertise who his cabinet was going to be before the uh the convention next week because then that way the rest of the american population knows what we're in for for the next four years and this way if he does do it he's going to hit the ground running which i think is very interesting because we still have cabinet positions in the trump administration that is still filled by interim people that aren't actually (laughs) having the job but again, this is a president that doesn't understand what his job is. For example, the executive orders that were signed in on Friday, he's not able to do that, let alone now saying he's getting rid of the payroll tax, which then when all the red flags went up this week and going, wait a minute, you're cutting Social Security and Medicare. And it's like we finally made these people realize it, and and he's not hurting He's not hurting the 30s and 40, the 40-somethings. He's hurting his election base by doing that, yep. which is that older and, white population. And it, it's too bad they're not listening to you because if, if, you, if you're a smart Democratic operative, you do exactly what you just said. You say he's cutting the payroll tax. He is cutting Social Security he is cutting Medicare. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. And he says, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know what? I can make the case that you are. Now, he may not. But the fact that he talks about the payroll, um, about cutting the payroll tax, it means that he is. Um, but why wouldn't the Democrats be just pounding that? And they're not. Well, 
I, I saw the Sunday news programs yesterday, and I, I saw Schumer and I sh- saw Pelosi talking about it. But you need the Democrats or even the independents to go back to their districts and say, this is what's happening. But they're, they're so worried about having a national mouthpiece that it's not going to the local grassroots, which I think is very interesting. The Republicans, on the other hand, which I think is amazing, and they must have the phone numbers to every local news outlet in their, in their, in their district, they're making the argument, no, 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 that's not what he means. Because I saw two Republican mm-hmm. congressmen tonight um, on the local news explaining what he meant. He's not, he's not cutting it, he's delaying it. And as an operative said, going, yeah, he's delaying it so he can eliminate it because once something is taken off the table, it's never put back. And people don't understand that. And that's where I think I think that's where people are getting confused. But we've been confused for the last three and a half years. And unfortunately, we haven't woke up yet. Well, and it's it's complete distortion of facts we just do not understand you know and i'll say the same thing about msnbc there's certain times that i'm seeing them say stuff and i'm going like no that's not right either right um and it's we've just we've fallen into this world where one it's social media i'm just seeing this thing now that facebook has just realized that there's millions of people on facebook that are all QAnon. That are all this yes. conspiracy theory organization that yeah. says that the deep state is trying to take out Trump. Yes. And they're going to fight it and they're going to do whatever they can to it. And there's millions of people on Facebook or groups who are on Facebook who are QAnon. And it's like, if you're getting your information from social media, with the exception of my site, because I put news on there all the time. Uh, which um, is where I'm getting a lot of my information stuff. from, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Because and and I've learned this because I'm not watching the major. I mean, I'm I'm watching some of it. I don't sit there and watch it all day, but if I go past, I'll pick up a, a program or two during the week because I don't have time to sit and watch it. And most of the stuff on cable news is not news; it's actually commentary. But mm-hmm. I read your site, and then you're directing me to where I need to go to find out more information because at least you're giving me both sides of the issue, and then I can pick and choose what I want. Well, and and that's the whole thing, is that if you start, you know, and again, I keep my comments down. I really hardly ever comment, and I have a lot of people yelling at me and screaming at me from both sides. I'm sure. Uh, but for the most part, I am bringing, okay, look, here's credible news source. This is credible information. You may not agree with it, but here's here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Here's another side that is is credible. I'll put it out there. You know, it might not be exactly what you want to hear, but at the same time, too, it's something you know you got to think of. Like for instance, there was somebody the other day was saying, you know, oh, uh, Stacey Abrams had the uh, had her election and you know for governor of Georgia taken away from her. It's like, well, if you look at the facts, yeah, you know, there were 50,000 people that were taken off the records, the voting records, that probably was done, you know, by the now governor there right? when he was secretary of state. But she lost by 55,000 votes. So it's like, well, it's hard to say if okay, this 50,000 were kind of questionable. If all, even if all 50,000 of them voted for her, she still wouldn't have won. 
and um, so you know, there's there's certain things out there that the you know that the right and the left get wrong, and well, unfortunately, we we all fall into that trap. It's also the way they're spinning it too, because I mean the facts are there; they're just spinning it more to their side than they are down the middle. What I think's interesting now is this whole thing about voting by mail that the president has come out against it, but it's okay for him to do it and people in Florida to do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> but wait a minute, isn't it okay for everybody else? And they're saying, well, it's not safe. I can send my income tax through the mail. I get my checks through the mail. I get all this other stuff from the government through the mail but it's okay. But if I want to send something through the mail, it's not. And now we're hearing stories about the new postmaster general, who is a major contributor to or uh, has major investments in UPS and FedEx, who mm-hmm. is basically what they're saying. Now, I don't know if this is true. This is what I've read. His goal is to dismantle the Postal Service and try to make it a for-profit agency to make it more efficient. And now we're hearing about mail being slowed down. We're hearing about other things happening, no overtime for carriers. And of course, it's convenient that it's happening now when we finally get the United States as a whole to agree on mail-in ballots. Yep. No, that's exactly it. That's not a coincidence. So, I mean, is this Trump trying to say, you know what, I will do everything I can in my power to take this election away? And that way, if I do lose, then I can show everybody, but wait, I should have won this. And then that way, I can go kicking and screaming and yelling and don't leave until they throw me out. Because the other thing I've heard, too, is that he's worried that as soon as he gets out of office, criminal charges are going to be brought up against him. Well, that's a big thing, too. I don't know if you watch uh, Bill Maher, but uh, he had Lawrence Wilkerson on a former Marine general. Uh-huh. And uh, he is... Uh, He's on a bipartisan task force right now on election integrity. And he he says they are laying out the worst-case scenarios. And let me tell you, the worst-case scenarios are, are really frightening. Trump not leaving office, but he's talking about the fact that there could be civil war. Yes. That there are a lot of white supremacists who are in the military. He's saying it's not the majority, but he says it's a minority. And they got guns. And they... They, he thinks there is a scenario there that they could actually create some form of a civil war to keep him in office. Now, do you think it's kind of um, coincidental that he's talking about giving his acceptance speech for the, the uh, nomination at Gettysburg? Yeah. At the yeah. battlefield? There you, there you go. I mean, I'm thinking, how many more different messages are you going to send out? Hell, at first he wants to do it in the, in the Oval Office, which is just blows my mind but again this is the same man who was selling who was selling goya um, beans on his desk as a true violation of the hatch act and notice that went nowhere yeah well there's just one there's so many violations two um the senate is controlled by the republicans so nothing's going to get through that would actually uh, reprimand him in any way so no, I mean we're unfortunately we're stuck with them, and again we may be stuck with them for another four years. Which I'm I, that concerns me. Um, yeah. I don't, and 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 my wife and I have this discussion. I don't have an issue with a Republican for president. Never have. I don't have a, a problem with a Republican Senate or a House. Never have. I have a problem with Donald Trump. 
because the man does not understand the job that he was elected for because he thinks it's all about him. I mean, in most cases, most presidents you want, you want them to fade into the background and only come out when necessary. But not him. He has to hit every news cycle possible, which to me is more detrimental than it is helpful. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a scary individual because he doesn't understand government. Um, and, you know, and again, as someone who's a journalist, I you know, normally would not talk about the psychological problems of, of a person right. not being somebody who's got a degree in psychology, but I'm sorry. I mean, all you got to do is look at the man. There's something wrong with yeah. him. There is something behaviorally wrong um, that we have to deal with. And you're hearing, you know, and again, am I hearing from directly? No, but you're hearing reports that there's there's a lot of Republicans who are saying that. And the other the other thing I think is interesting, and I have stations now in the UK and in Italy that are broadcasting this program. And it's the way they're looking at the United States because they're seeing us in a different light that we were never seen in before. We were the, st- we were the strong, we were the sturdy, we were the ones that were able to take care of a problem, not the ones to create the problem. And now we're creating the problem. Well, and, and if you look down the road, um, you know, we've, you and I are talking now about the immediate short term. Right. The long term is even scarier. Mm-hmm. The long term is scarier for the world because, granted, I mean, what China's trying to do, what Russia's trying to do, they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get control of different parts of, of, of the uh, world. And, you know, you're seeing just what you saw in Lebanon, what you saw in Beirut with that, with that horrible explosion. I mean, normally we would have been the first in yes. there. We would have been in there, you know, okay, here you got to do this. Okay, you got to clean up your government, but here are the things you got to do with your government first before we're going to allow you to do it. You know, if you didn't have the war in Syria, you wouldn't have stuff like that going on here. If you had, you know, could we have stopped the war in Syria? Eh, it's kind of tough to, to have done that. But start looking long range at these different things of where Russia's trying to infiltrate, where China's trying to infiltrate. And we've got allies. We've, we've, we've got the Japanese. We have Taiwan. We have Australia over there. South Korea. I mean, he's, he's now taking troops out of Germany. And, you know, we've, we've got our European allies. So there is like, there's like scary stuff right. down the road. And then look at the scary stuff for us as a country here, healthcare-wise. Mm. Because we're beginning to see that this pandemic is causing so many future problems that we don't even know about. And I, I keep telling people, and I, I predicted this on my sports radio show, I said, college football's done. Yeah. It's never coming back. And if you look at some of these athletes, like, for instance, there's some NBA players who will never be able to play again. Now that they've got the pandemic, they cannot breathe. They right. cannot catch yeah. wind anymore. And you've got, you've got a pitcher on the Red Sox. I'm a big Red Sox fan. This guy, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, mm-hmm. he had the COVID. He's gone for the season. Why? Because he's got heart problems now. And so what we're not looking at is is long range on top of because we have to deal with the short range stuff that you and I are talking about. And foreign policy wise, there's some scary stuff going on. And what I think is interesting about it is an example you had on your um, that you posted this um, yesterday, actually, that the bikers descend on Sturgis Rally in um, in South Dakota, South Dakota. Yeah. No masks, nothing. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, 
they don't care because they're invincible. It doesn't make a difference. It will be interesting to see what happens two months down the, or, or uh, 14 days to a month down the road. Will these people be affected? It will be interesting to see how many people and their families are going to have this happen. And not only this, now we're talking about putting kids back into a classroom in situations in schools that were never funded properly to begin with. But yeah, we're going to put them there because you know it's okay. And I have arguments on that, too, because right now parents are realizing that that they took schools for granted for so long. And the ones we're hearing flack from are the ones that want us as babysitters. Not that they're working. They just don't want the kids home with them. Yeah. it's About two weeks ago, I had a number of friends of mine who were, and, and they lean right wing, and they think, you know, eh, this is a little bit overblown. Right. And they're saying, you know, we, we've talked to emergency room doctors, and they tell us, you know what? There's hardly any cases coming in here. And in the cases that they have, they're walking out in a day and they're fine. So I checked with some other doctors and they go, no, are some of the cases dropping now? And again, this is about two or three weeks ago. But they said, and it's exactly what you were saying now after the Sturgis thing, you wait in about two to three to four weeks, you're going to see an explosion. Because when everybody starts getting lackadaisical, so for instance, I'm in I'm in the Myrtle Beach area. I'm you know, I'm in North Carolina, but I'm really close to Myrtle Beach. Right. And you can see the partying and the crazy stuff going on down there. It's like, hey, everything's fine. There's nothing wrong. And it's the same thing that was going on in Sturgis. And you're going to start seeing that explosion, which I think, again, what we were saying before, it's going to be late August, yeah, early September. You're going to see you're you're going to see a ton of problems. And it's it's just it's it's going to recycle itself. And I just got like I said, I got back from the Outer Banks um, in northern North Carolina. I stay closer to Kerala. And what's interesting is where I was at, I'd say about ninety-five to ninety-six percent of the people had masks on. There were social distancing on the beach. There were not the large crowds, but for the most part, they were following the guidelines and the regulations. And I'm going, okay, I feel better because that's where I'm at. Plus the people mm-hmm. I was at, we were in the same place for 14 days or for seven days anyhow, and we were all fine and we're family. So we've, we've built up an immunity or whatever it is that you want to call it. But it's just one of these situations where you're seeing these people go away and come back and assuming they're going to get back to normal again because they're not going to do a self-quarantine or they're not going to take precautions when they get back. And again, this whole idea of young children, oh, they don't get it, but they carry it. That's where we're going to start running into problems. And I want to talk to you um, more about that in just a few moments, John. So we're going to step away here for a brief break. And we're going to come back to more online with Bill Alexander. On the phone line, we have John Daly. Be back in just about 25 seconds. Online with Bill Alexander is on WMCK.FM McKeesport. Mixtape Radio International at MTRI.co.uk. 991RadioRehoboth.com. Awakens.eu. SteelFM.org and 107.5 FM, WLDJ, Newcastle. And we're also on Orca Radio now 
which is out of Owensburg, Kentucky. And we have a few more coming on in the next few weeks. On the phone line right now, we have John Daly here online with Bill Alexander. And we're talking about how people are taking the pandemic. Are they taking it seriously or are they just getting back to their normal lifestyles? And I mentioned to you about the kids going back to school. We noticed a situation in Georgia last week where a young lady took a photograph of how crowded the hallways were and posted it on her social media sites. And how did the schools react? They suspended her until they released it. Then they then they go, okay, we made a mistake. We'll let you come back on Monday. But did that change anything? Probably not. No. We do know that people in the well, school no, were they infected. Also had, they also reported, I think they reported about eight or nine cases right. in that school. And that was not only students, well but it was also faculty. Students. Yeah. So yeah. that that's that's what we're dealing with. And you have a president standing in the podium. Don't worry about it. Everybody's going to be okay. Kids are going to make it through it, so on and so forth. And my wife and I were talking this evening um, over dinner, and she just stopped because um, – where we're located at, we've noticed a spike, and the spike has actually happened in the local jail and the local state prison that's in the area. Everybody said it wouldn't happen there because it's a confined unit. Well, guess what? It's happening there, and we're noticing a spike because of those individuals, and my wife said she's been doing some reading online and everything else. She goes, the interesting thing about this is if it does and when it does go away, is great. He goes, but the money the pharmaceutical companies are going to make is going to be through the roof. Because the flu virus, the vaccination, they can't make anything on. But this new one, they're going to be able to make a fortune. And you start to think going, okay, is this the deal that's going on with the White House right now? That they are working with pharmaceutical lobbyists? Yes, they're saying they're going to give it to it cheaply, but now you're hearing stories it's going to cost two to three thousand dollars just for one one vaccine dosage. So there's more conspiracies coming out to play. Well, there's that, and then it's also there's there's a pretty good portion minority of people who won't take the vaccine. Oh, I've heard them too. Who thinks the vaccine is 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 silly and ridiculous? I um, I know so you. A woman, I know a woman that I have known for almost 25 years. She is a business owner in the area. She is a Trump supporter. She said that this whole thing is a hoax and she will not take the vaccine. Even though it has now been confirmed that her husband was diagnosed with it. And it's like you, when my wife told me this story, I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I thought this woman was sensible. Well, I guess I was wrong. And I know people that have been affected by other, or that know people that have been affected by it. No, thank God no one's died, but they've either been, they've, they've had some type of mild illness or they're asymptomatic. But still, just to get it is enough to make you rethink what you're doing. Well, and not only that, it's like what we were talking about before. Was that, you know, you don't understand the long-term consequences of having this. I mean, there's 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 other things that it does affect. And, you know, and, until we've found something that can actually stop it. And even before that, we need testing. A uh, great article in The Economist, and it, it actually made me think of you because you're looking for solutions. And one of the things they were talking about was there's not enough testing going on. Yes. And uh, what The Economist had in this article was that what they should be doing is 
um, take take ten people and test them all and put it in the same vat and then test that. And if it comes back negative, that, that means none of them had it. But you're going to 10 times increase the number of tests you will get out there. Now, if somebody does test positive, then you bring them all back in, you figure out which one has it, and you do it that way. You would get more testing. The problem is, you know, we, you know Trump keeps saying, oh, we have the more tests, and we, we, we do about 180,000 tests, I think, a day or something like that is what they're saying. But if you look at... What what the experts are saying, we need to be doing over five million right. a day. Well, that's what we should be doing. In in the interview that he did recently with Axios for HBO, which um, and the interviewer's name oh, that was a brilliant one, wasn't it? He he. The interviewer <laughs> was fantastic because Trump was digging himself so far into a hole that he couldn't get out of it. Because Trump was trying to manipulate the statistics. The only bad thing is the guy that was interviewing him understood what the statistics were. And he under right there. Yeah, yeah, he understood how they worked. Because if you go look at other countries right now, you look at New Zealand. They haven't had a, a case, a positive case in a hundred days. How? Why are they able to do that? That's what's interesting to me. Why are we not looking at the places that are successful? And trying to figure out if we can replicate that, maybe not in the whole United States, but maybe in the state of North Carolina, maybe in the state of Pennsylvania, and do it that way instead of trying to do this one whole big process, let's do it by 50 states. To me, that would make more sense than trying to fix everything at one time. Actually, it's, you know, it's not a bad idea. And a little, we got a little bit of that, too, when New York did Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, parts of Connecticut and Rhode Island did it as well. And that actually changed things. Um, you know, go back to the Swedish model. Yes. You know, people are saying, oh, you know, the Swedes are going to do the, uh, you know, the, uh, they're going to allow it so that the herd immunity can set in. So they, they don't care if some people get it or not. It didn't work out that mm -hmm. well. No. It really didn't work out that well. They had a lot of people who were sick. Now, what's really interesting, though, is their economy did not suffer as badly, whereas Germany did the lockdown. And Germany's economy had actually hurt them a little bit compared to Sweden. So it's, 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 it's kind of interesting to see that. But at the same time, too, I think most people and most Americans, myself included, said to Sweden, hey, you know what? Everybody in your country has agreed to do this. Thank you. We're, we're going to find out if this really works or not. Right. So in, in answer to what you're saying, and I agree with you, what if, what if a state just said, you know what? Hey, we're just closing everything down. You can't come in here. If you come in here, we're taking down your license plate. We're taking down right. everything. And by the way, if we see you out and you're not quarantined for 14 days and you haven't taken a test, guess what? We're throwing you in jail. Well, so if you had one state that was kind of doing that just to see if that worked, you know, that kind of makes sense. Well, and on the other hand, you got states like Georgia, you got yeah. states like Florida saying, no, 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 open it up. Let's do it. And if you if you look at Pennsylvania in the beginning and you look at New York and there was Delaware and those states and New Jersey, they actually work together. And PA, because our governor right now is just getting slammed left and right for what he's recommending, because I think we opened the state up too quick. Now, mm -hmm. my wife works in the business community in the, in the region. I understand where she's coming from. I'm an educator. I understand where I come from. And yes, sometimes that does not always mix. But we spent all that time locking everything down for three months 
And then all of a sudden we just open everything back up again and you're noticing these spikes and you're noticing these increases. And now the governor is trying to pull the, the, the horse back into the barn and he's having such a difficult time. The one thing that's causing the state of Pennsylvania problem, and I'm sure it's happening in Delaware, I'm sure it's going to happen in North Carolina, and that's sports for high school kids. Because the parents want the kids to get back out there again, and they want them to play. My thought is, I get it. I don't have a problem with them playing sports. But they're not going to be able to play the sports they, they did, the way they did a year ago. It is a totally different world, and you have to look at it differently. And these parents are getting vicious that our largest sports organization for high school sports in the state are, is looking at suing the governor of Pennsylvania because he's trying to keep kids safe. He's going, we're, not, we're looking at, at re, realigning the way the schools are going to open up, and if we can't open schools up, how can we let the kids play sports? But no, they don't want to hear that. Well, and you can't. I mean, today, I mean, it looks like the Big Ten is canceling their entire fall season. Uh, you've already seen the MAC do yep. it as well. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think there was another college that was in Conference USA. Was it Old Dominion? It wasn't Old Dominion. I can't remember what it was. But they just said, you know, we're not playing. Okay. And the conference says, okay, well, we'll just we'll go on without you. Right. Uh, I, just, I just don't see how college football and pro football can continue. And if they can't continue, how can high, how can high school football? Exactly. There's no way. There's only one sport that can continue to play year-round, and that's golf. Um, there's another one, too. Uh, <laughs> and someone pointed out to me, and I said, which one's that? They said fencing, because it's six feet distance between everybody. Oh, you know what? That's two. Yeah. yeah okay. That's I never thought bad. of that. One, you can have a mask on under your face shield, and you can fence. I mean, that sure. makes sense. Um, but no, you're right because golf is going to be the only one that's going to be able to do it. And you have these, and I feel bad for the kids. My daughter plays softball and she's only in junior high, but she plays junior high ball. She lost her spring season and she's been playing some rec ball, but still that is like, like pulling teeth because everybody is so worried. And the parents are the ones that are social distancing for the most part, because you can't social distance girls in a, in a dugout. And if you do, you can get them three feet apart, maybe four feet, but I can't see how you're going to do six feet. So they're taking the extra precautions there. But that's what gets me, the money that's going to be lost in college sports. The money revenue that is going to be lost from advertising. Penn State announced, that they're because they're part of the Big Ten, they're closing. They're not going to do it. ACC is talking about it, which is the University of Pittsburgh. They're talking... That's money-making for them. Yes, they're still going to have TV rights, but if you don't have butts in seats, you're still not going to make all that money. And high school sports, they're saying, we're going to have the games, but we're not going to have parents watch. Yep. And what's the use and, of having the, the game if people can't watch you play? And that's the tip of the iceberg. Because yeah. watch college sports. Because you're going to start seeing this domino effect. Because you're absolutely right. They expect revenues, revenues that come into that program that actually helps the college. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you're seeing all these colleges that are charging ridiculous amounts of tuition right. for degrees that don't make enough money, and all it does is put people in debt. Right. What you're going to see is you're going to see the resurgence of the community colleges, and they're going to be, they're going to be teaching, you know, 
HVAC and welding and stuff like that. That's what's going to, and they can do it at home and they're not going to be broke. Right. And they're going to get jobs in their local community. And you will not see these, you know, look at the, look at those big universities. Just the one you talk about, Pitt, Penn State. I mean, massive campuses. Kids can't go to those campuses. What are they going to do with that land? They're going to have to sell off that land. Mm-hmm. We've actually got a good friend. My wife is a, a graduate of Ohio University up in Athens, which is a great college town. And we've got we've got a friend who she moved there because she liked being around a college town. She retired. She wanted to be up there. Dead. Nothing. I'm nothing sure going on there. And you're starting to see all them starting to they're, they're dissipating. Yes, yeah. it's, it's just not going to happen. So I mean, my prediction is you. You know, I hope you enjoyed watching, you know, the Rose Bowl and all that, because those aren't coming back. It's gone. Yeah. And 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 you're looking at and you're looking at these these other things like um, and and I read your site about this, about Broadway and theater yeah. being closed down. How are you going to be able to do a virtual theater performance if you don't have people sitting in the seats in the audience, because when you are in a theater, you're on top of other people to be able to do that. I mean, my son, who is a theater major right now, who's starting his junior year, who loves it, who's been entertaining for years, and this is the direction he was going. When this thing hit, he's going, Dad, what do I do? He goes, they're not going to reopen Broadway, and when Broadway opens, everything else is a domino effect afterwards. But if it's still closed, everything's closed. So he's rethinking his career choices. Well, and, and he's smart. You know, I, I tell him to get a TikTok account. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> what, I, what I keep telling people is, is when you start reading the medical stuff, mm-hmm. about you know, when somebody sneezes or somebody talks or somebody doesn't have a mask on, that lingers in the air 16 feet away, and it could linger there for hours. Right. So now put yourself in New York City. Mm-hmm. You get into an elevator, and you get into an elevator after somebody's been in there an hour or so before. You could get COVID. And it's, it's like, who's going to be in a high rise? I've got friends who, who have their kids are in New York City, and they're like, I don't want to go back. And the reason I don't want to go back is because I don't want to take the elevator. I've got to walk 25 flights. Yeah. I, I got a little kid. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Yeah. And so I, that's why I, I think you're exactly right. Now, we, we live here in – I'm in Brunswick County, North Carolina, which is right in between Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. And we are kind of a little bit on the – a little bit on the pastoral. We're right on the beach, so we got great beaches. We have Sunset Beach, rated one of the top ten beaches in the in the world, and all these other beaches that kind of go all the way up to Wilmington. And the real estate market here is booming. I just I just did a, a piece. I did a segment for uh, News TV. That's N O O Z TV. Mm-hmm. One of the startups that I'm working with, and I I went I followed this was one realtor who's a friend. And she had this woman from the Raleigh area who came down, and she was coming down looking for a place to get out of Raleigh, North Carolina, the city, one of the cities that does have a COVID problem. And they're all coming down here. I've got friends in Connecticut now because all these people are leaving New York yeah. City, and they want to go to Connecticut or they're going to the Catskills. You're beginning to see that change where people are getting out of this of the big cities, and the big cities 
are going to suffer. I mean, big cities have, you know, they went through it in the 70s and they survived it. But I don't know about this. I mean, unless unless we come up with a vaccine, you know, a vaccine that's tried and true that, you know, the good majority of us will take. I don't I don't see the cities coming back. Plus, you know, let's face it. I mean, I'm working, but I'm I'm not working in a big city. I can right. work in my house. I can, you know, create videos off my mm-hmm. iPhone and and then I can do I can do podcasts and stuff like that right off my computer. So, I don't need to be in a big city to do work or anything like that. Well, one of the things we've noticed where I'm at and I'm I'm considered rural um where I'm at cuz I'm about uh about an hour and a half south east of the city of Pittsburgh and about an hour north of Morgantown, West Virginia. So I'm sitting in the Fayette Green County area, which is a rural area. It's also a very poor area, but we're noticing the same thing because we're noticing people that left the area to go find work are now looking at coming back. Just in the last three months, the home sales down here has have gone up because people are coming back to that rural community and not maybe not because of the rural life, but because you're not on top of someone else where the homes are not next to each other. You're still spread out enough that you can have um, have a life, but you still have a, a neighborhood type situation, unlike you would in the suburbs of a larger city. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And and you know, and also as people are getting, you know, people are getting older. Obviously, the baby boomers are retiring, but, you know, even the, you know, the, the Gen Xers, they're kind of like, you know, I think I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be safer. Right. And you're you're just going to see or they're going to move down to where their parents are. Maybe they have, old, you know, elder elderly parents that they can go down there and it's safer. Hey, I can still work out of here. I can still do this. I'm a salesperson. I can still call. I can work virtually. And um, yeah, I, I think you're 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 seeing a big spread. And I think a lot of the cities are going to are going to suffer dramatically uh, for it. And uh, so we're just, we're, you know, we're waiting on, we're waiting on technologies that are going to, that are going to do something. The only problem I have in my area, and this, and this is, this is going to be one of the things holding back. And I know they're working on it on a federal level is high speed internet access. Because Mm -hmm. in our area where we're at, we have two or three, but the major corporate, the major companies are not coming in because, in their mind, it's not cost effective, or there's not a big enough profit for them to actually make the investment to fiber optic. And we're telling them, going, do you realize if you build it, they will come? I mean, I know that's a very, um, <laughs> a very uh, cliche term, but it's true because people are looking for that, especially now when you're looking at schools trying to reinvent themselves. Because they're in rural areas where kids don't have internet access, but yet they have to learn online. And we're reinventing the wheel, which I never thought I would see it happen during my career. I knew it was going to happen eventually, but I didn't think it would happen because I have about uh, seven or eight years until I actually can retire. And I never thought this would happen the way it's happening. I'm glad, in some ways, I'm glad it is. In other ways, I dread every minute of it. Bill, it's going to be one of the things that happened. Pick up a book. It's called Fiber. It's written by Susan Crawford. And it is a spectacular book. And she makes the case that if we literally took fiber and and powered every single house in America, even in the rural areas, you would see a drastic change, not only in the education and the smarts of our kids, 
you'd see a drastic change in the economy. You'd start seeing local economies taking off. One city that did that was Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. And what Chattanooga said was, here's what we're going to do. We don't give a crap about any of these wireless companies or any of these cable outlets. We're going to do it ourselves. And they did it themselves. And they ran into a lot of crap. But their economy came back. Their kids could, could at the time, because they didn't have the coronavirus, um, they were better students because they could study. They didn't have to go to the library. They right. had the library right in their house. And they saw an increase in the economy and also the kids and their uh, education levels. If we did that, and the, the ones who are stopping that are the, the cable companies mm-hmm. and also the wireless companies, yes. so the Verizons, the AT&T, they're the ones that are stopping it. They are bribing the majority of the state legislatures that are saying to these locals, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't have your own. You can't wire. You can't do your own. You can't do that. Read her book. It's a fascinating book. And again, it's a number of it, it's another one of the number of things. And you and I talked about this before. This pandemic is showing yes. not only the income inequality, but that is one of the things. If just think about it, if every single home was wired with fiber, the kids would be okay. Yeah. Because they would be able to still learn. Now, would it be as perfect as being in the classroom? No. no. But they'd have the alternative of going and doing something safer. What, what you would be able to teach from your home. What is interesting where I'm at, and this happened in the 70s and late 70s and early 80s, that these cable companies came into the local municipalities and made them deals. And what happened was yeah. they had a monopoly in that municipality. They signed the contract. What's interesting, where I'm at, the cable company that assigned the original contract has been sold five times since that contract was signed. And we're still with one cable company because we are not, they don't renegotiate. The Verizons won't come in, or if they do come in, they're just far enough away that we can't get it. We can, mm-hmm. do, we can do everything else but, and that's, and again, they're holding us hostage in some situations because you're not able to get what we need to be able to produce things. I mean, I, I can go back to 2006 when I started this program, how difficult it was to be able to, to produce something, let alone produce it live, so it could be picked up all over the country. Luckily, now where I'm at, and I'm one of the very few that are able to do it through my cable company because of a deal that I've worked out, but still the average person can't do that. And that's the frustrating part. We are, we are penalizing people for who they are and where they live. That's exactly right. And we're allowing monopolies to come in and control everything so that they reduce competition. And then guess what? Prices go up. Yeah. I mean, your cable bill probably at the turn of the century was about maybe $30 for yourself Mm -hmm. right now for, for the three of us on my cable bill here, I'm paying $300. That's what my cell phone bill is for five. Yeah. Yeah. And And uh, so that's, and that's the result of lack of competition and not allowing everybody in the community to have access to high speed internet. And the interesting thing is in January, January, February, we cut the cable. I got rid of cable TV in my house. I got rid of a home phone in my house because it was ridiculous. I have five cell phones in here. Why do I need a home phone? 
we finally cut the cable on that and we cut the the tv programming because we realized my wife and i only watched what what comes over the air free and my kids from the age of 13 16 and 20 stream everything online so what did i do i boosted up my internet package and it yep. saved me almost uh, almost two hundred dollars just by doing that. And I'm going, hey, yeah. I wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah. No, it makes a ton of sense, and a lot of people are doing the, yeah. the exact same thing. So you're, and, and again, this pandemic is showing that stuff. It's really just it's revealing it more and more. Um, you know, hey, one of the things I, w- I want to talk to you about because I know yeah. we're getting to the end of the show here is that, and I can't tell you what it is now, but I'm very close to talking to a company that has a technology that can filter out in public areas covid cool and i'm look i'm looking at it now and uh i've actually got a couple people involved in it uh-huh and i, I can't i can't tell you what it is yet because i'm i haven't i haven't signed a deal and i want to make sure everything's right but i've got some people who are really up there on it and this could be something that could could get schools back that's good if you get these machines in there mm-hmm. you could do that you could you could get to major convention centers like las vegas like you know orlando mm-hmm. um you know places like you know houston and dallas that are really suffering now and if they can literally and it's not that they're it's not that they're killing the virus what they're doing is, is they're stopping the virus from spreading okay and then they're capturing it and able to kill it so it's not it's not a vaccine or anything like that but it's it's out there and i'm seeing more and more of this stuff has it happened yet no but hopefully the next time i talk to you i'll, I'll definitely i'll fill you in on that and if people are interested they can they can always go to any one of my uh, my sites my facebook or my uh, twitter site oh well, i look forward to that and and when you do sign the deal um get in touch with me and i'll bring it back on because i know <laughs> I know there's going to be a lot going on between now and the election. I, I would like to have you on at least um, two more times before that, because I think we're going to start seeing um, things happening that we may have not anticipated. But, hey, with this administration, you can't be surprised by anything now. You know, I don't know about you, but my, my parents had to grow up during the Depression. Yep. And, uh, and they both since passed away. And they talked to me about what it was like in the Depression. I don't think... What they went through, and as horrible as it was, that led into World War II and it, it, having to, the curtailment of World War One and all that. I don't think if they, I think if they were here today, they would say, "This is the strangest thing I've ever yes, seen." Yes, I agree. This with is that. the weirdest thing I've ever seen. There's just too much weird stuff going on yeah. here that is just creating so much chaos. So we are living in. <laughs> You know, as the Chinese would say, interesting times. But at the same time, too, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this all the time. Well, what what someone posted online a few weeks ago, we're living through a pandemic. We're living through a, a market crash. We're living through civil, we're, we're uh, the civil rights all over again and everything else all wrapped into one. Little did I know it would happen only in three years. Because, uh, again, we are. We're repeating history, but instead of doing it over a 100-year time period, we've done it over a condensed period of time, which is even making it worse. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Um, and also, please mention your website again, because I know you're working with news um, online, which is the startup that you're working with right now. So if you want to give a plug for that, please do so. 
sure the uh, site, and again, it's a startup. If anybody's interested in being a citizen journalist, you get your own channel. Uh, it's news.tv, and news is spelled N-O-O-Z.tv, and you can go take a look at that there, and uh, you can actually go and, and, and sign up if you're interested in that. Uh, and then you can go to my uh, Facebook page, which is, oh, boy, is it Inform Not Inflamed? Yeah, Facebook is Inform Not Inflamed, and then also my uh, Twitter site is uh, johndaily.tv, yeah. so you can find that there. And uh, uh, I've got a ton of new stuff going on there, and I, I show you both sides. Well, John, I appreciate it. You have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time. Bill, appreciate it. Thank you. Stay safe, my friend. You too. Bye-bye. Online with Bill Alexander with John Daly, and uh, great to talk to John again. Love to have him on the program as often as he is, as he's a friend of the program. Also, a reminder, we are on multiple stations. I want to get these plugs in real quick before we wrap it up. Every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on WMCK.FM at Keysport and also on Mixtape Radio International at mtri.co.uk. Tuesdays at noon at awakens.eu. Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on 99.1 FM Radio Rehoboth. And also our new affiliate out of Owensboro, Kentucky, Orca Radio and Steel FM at 7 p.m. UK time on Friday. Fridays at 10 on WMCK.FM and, of course, 107.5 FM WLDJ Newcastle at 7 a.m. Folks, I am out of here. You have a great night. We'll talk to you next week. Our guest will be uh, Anna Vocino here online with Bill Alexander. This has been a Million Dollar Baby production. For more information, go to italknet.com. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Have you guys noticed that you can't go anywhere without seeing designer this or designer that, even designer furniture? On my social feeds and celebrity homes, it's everywhere. Have you seen how expensive these are? Well, if you want the sofa or recliner or bed that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends, but without the designer prices. Oh, and they're well-made, too. It's the whole package. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com.